0: Hi and welcome to the Anything Glows podcast. I'm your host Brittany A. Virgo, manifesting generator, yoga teacher, and illustrator, currently living near Joshua Tree, California. I'm also the founder of Sage Glow Studio, where I help women develop intuition-led wellness through movement, breathwork, meditation, and cycle syncing. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how to live a life that feels nourished, embodied, expansive, and rooted in your feminine nature but we'll also address the big juicy questions like, what is the purpose of wellness? Thanks for joining me on this journey. Now let's dive in. Recently, I recorded a custom meditation for someone who's going through a really challenging season of their life. And it reminded me of a topic that I wrote about in a newsletter a few years ago. Why meditate when things are falling apart? Because at first glance, being told to meditate or do any wellness practice for that matter while you're experiencing trauma seems delusional, out of touch, it feels like a version of spiritual bypassing, which is when spiritual ideas and practices are used to diminish or avoid altogether addressing pain, deep emotions, difficult situations, interactions. We might feel as if these practices are useless and a waste of time and energy when they can't reverse a diagnosis or bring a loved one back. So, why even give them the chance? See, oftentimes these practices get misunderstood as being the magic wand that makes your troubles disappear. But let's reframe this perception because maybe this isn't necessarily the purpose that they're meant to serve. These wellness and spiritual practices, and I'm talking specifically about yoga here, so the physical practice, meditation, and breath work. These practices work in the background. They create a healthy environment internally, physically, mentally, emotionally, so that you have the energy and clear-mindedness to face your challenges. They are the foundation and framework to be able to move through life with more peace and more clarity. Let's pick this apart with some examples of how I've used this principle in my life. Number one, positive leaning self-talk. I don't know about you, but my default reaction if I make a mistake or say or do something imperfectly is to think, oh my God, I'm so dumb. And I'm guessing you might be able to relate to this because according to a study in 2005, The National Science Foundation determined that 80% of our daily thoughts are negative. That's a huge percentage. So I've been trying to rephrase things like, I'm so dumb to, oh, let me fix this. Or I have to do X, Y, Z to I get to do X, Y, Z. Or instead of thinking, this is the worst, I say, this is a neutral situation. And to be clear, I'm referring to everyday annoyances here, spilling my coffee, sending an email with a spelling error, you know, the little things. We're not applying toxic positivity to serious situations, but this reframing has helped me label minor inconveniences as just that, minor inconveniences. It helps me to conserve my energy and brain power for the bigger circumstances that actually require all of my emotions because I'm not catastrophizing the smaller ones. So it's been a way to recalibrate my baseline reactions to be a little less negative and a little more solution oriented in both the small and bigger things. Number two, physical harmony. When I'm not feeling well, I have zero patience and focus think about it. How many times have you snapped at someone because you had period cramps and they were killing you and you just couldn't deal? So the asana or physical practice of yoga has been a lifesaver for keeping me as comfortable as possible within my body. When I have minimal or no aches, pains, digestive issues, or other physical ickiness, my capacity for dealing with stressful situations increases. Yoga also keeps energy and circulatory channels clear for prana and blood to flow to our brains so we can think clearly and exercise our critical problem-solving skills, which, if you ask me, is very important when you're trying to make decisions under duress. And by the way, movement is one of my favorite ways to honor grief and trauma. Instead of ignoring and suppressing these feelings, moving with the physical manifestation allows us to acknowledge them and then ultimately leads to healing at the pace at which we can handle. So if you're feeling intense grief, you would want to gently open up the heart. If you're feeling intense trauma, you would want to gently open up the hips. Yoga gives us the opportunity to process a feeling without letting it completely consume us. Number three, mindfulness. Meditation and pranayama or breath work are my not so secret tools for keeping my brain in shape. These practices are basically non negotiable and I incorporate them daily, again, to get my baseline more calm. So, not just anything is causing me to spiral. So, how exactly do these practices work? There's truly a thousand ways, but let me give you a few examples to get your wheels turning. When we meditate or practice pranayama, we ease the sympathetic nervous system's fight or flight response so we can more calmly address a stressful situation. We learn how to use our breath to drop us into the present moment instead of. Disassociating. And this is a huge one for me because my trauma response is typically to freeze. But because I practice being in tune with my breath, I can more quickly recognize when I'm starting to shut down and my breath begins to get really weak. So then I can sort of snap myself out of it, begin to intentionally take deep breaths to get present for what's right in front of me. Also, meditation and pranayama help to strengthen your intuition and perception of divine guidance. So this idea of a gut reaction, totally true. But you may not feel your intuition in your gut. It may be a sensation in your throat, tingles in your arm, in your heart, feeling in your womb. So let's actually try this out right now. Take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale with an open mouth sigh. And close down the eyes if you can. Obviously, don't close your eyes if you're driving or walking, but you can still play along. So begin to breathe deeply in and out through your nose. Allow the chest and belly to be soft and move with the breath. Drawing your attention inward, really focusing on how your breath feels, how your heart is beating. And now with this internal focus, ask yourself, what do I want most in this moment? When your answer popped into your head, where did you perceive some type of feeling in your body? Can you open your eyes now, by the way? But think, where did you just feel a somatic response, small or big? Wherever it is, know that your body is sending you signals that meditation and pranayama practices help you to be able to better perceive. And they also give you the opportunity to sit in silence away from distractions so you're able to hear that still small voice of God. And the practical application here is this. A lot of difficult seasons in life also involve a lot of difficult decision-making, and becoming more in touch with your own intuition and recognizing divine direction will help you to get to better answers and faster. So to review, spiritual and wellness practices aren't necessarily the solvers of your problems, but they are effective tools to get you there. Mindset, asana practice, meditation, and breath work aren't superficial band-aids or distractions. If you use them with intention when things are going well to create your foundation and keep up what is possible when things aren't going well, you'll find yourself more resilient, more grounded, and better equipped to move through a variety of life's experiences. Thanks for listening to the Anything Glows Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going on social at the Anything Glows Podcast and Sage Glow Studio. If today's episode serves you, please share it with a friend and give the show a review. Your support, downloads, subscriptions, and feedback mean the world to me. Take care of your mind, body, and soul, and I will see you next time.